I'm Scott Colborn with Exploring Unexplained Phenomena. It's sure great to be with you, whether you're at the workplace or just kicking around home this morning. How are you? What's going on, huh? What's in your coffee cup or teacup? I've got some uh, Sulawesi in my cup. Let me make sure. Oh, yeah, that's the ticket. Jim, what's in your cup? <laughs> Same thing that's in yours. In separate cups, of course. Yeah. You, you wash down that cupcake. Mm-hmm. I won't say plural, just one cupcake well, so far. One was a little bitty one. So That's right. That counts as like one and uh, one sixteenth, I guess. Hey, who's this in the studio? This is Sam. Yep, I'm I'm Sam. I also have a program. If I do a little plug, um, I do other music, co-host other music on Sunday nights. It's uh, 10 p.m. to midnight. Uh, I'm I'm drinking coffee from the KZM kitchen. I don't know what a and I'm sure brew it's it good is. Stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Just black coffee. Okay, so. We, we've got a party started here. It's the KZM Fall Fundraiser, and uh, the gang's all here, and you guys and gals are out there. We've got a great show for you today. Uh, you're going to like the conversation. We start off with Charlene and Pet Talk, Dogs and Cats for Adoption. And then we've got uh, Paulo Harris, followed by Brent Rains, and followed by Preston Dennett. So we're talking about unexplained phenomena and we go all the way back to October of 1984. Wow. So we started the program then. A lot of you folks just kind of went, what? That's right. In October of this year, we celebrate 35 years of broadcast. And Jim and I started this program when we were two. <laughs> in our formative years. So it's the world's longest-running paranormal talk radio program. And... Our vision really has been pretty consistent. Uh, we thought back in 1984 that there weren't other programs that were really talking about um, larger views of reality, breaking away from consensus reality, looking behind the curtain of Oz, seeing things for perhaps uh, what they are, looking beneath the surface, and being curious. We are essentially curious, folks. And so each and every week we explore various aspects of unexplained phenomena with guests, authors from all over the world. And you guys and gals, twice a year we say, hey, can you support our work? Can you support this wonderful radio station, KZM Radio? So here's how you do it. It's really simple. Call us at 402-474-5086. And we'd love to hear from you. You can make a donation to help keep KZUM on the air. 402-474-5086. And uh, you'll hear a bunch of prompts, you know, select extension one. Uh, Jim, we have a special premium for the first person that calls in an $89.30 level pledge. And what is that? We do. It's a $20 gift, tar- gift card. Gomez Art Supply. Cool. Yeah. So you artists out there, and this could actually be used, too, for a gift. You know, if you've got a grandson, a granddaughter mm-hmm. uh, that, that could use this, this could be a lot of fun. It's just a, 
you walk into Gomez Art Supply and it's a store of wonder. It's a store of dreams and it's very, very cool. So our and, first uh, caller. If, if you're out of town, you don't even need to come into the studio to pick it up. We'll mail it to you. We're looking for, uh, in this next 20-minute break, we're looking for three callers at 402-474-5086. And uh, I'm here, Jim's here, Sam's here. The gang is all here. We're waiting for you folks to call us at 402-474-5086. And uh, be the first person on your block to say publicly, I am curious. Here's our first segment. This is Charlene with the Capital Humane Society. Hi, Charlene. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Hey, it's great to hear from you also. What's going on at the Capital Humane Society? We have wonderful animals looking for homes. We're so grateful for the community support, just like you are. Um, So uh, we need people to come out and choose adoption as a way to acquire a wonderful new pet. Um, We really appreciate your efforts to promote these wonderful animals and help them find forever homes. Uh, We are uh, happy, delighted, joy-filled to be part of that mission. Uh, I've gone about my my work day, my day of errands and leisure, and had people remark that they've heard us talking about dogs and cats for adoption, and they proudly say, and my dog or cat is from the Capital Humane Society, and that just fills my heart with joy. Absolutely, yes. I'm grabbing a piece of paper here, and who do you want to start with first? Who's our first cat for adoption? We'll start with Jethro, and he has a cute little uh, picture on the website at capitalhumanesociety.org. He's about two years old, has long, fluffy fur, ready to have fun and a home with an awesome family. Okay, Jethro. Wasn't uh, Beverly Hillbillies, I think? Beverly Hillbillies. Uh-huh. Well, of course, I, I went to uh, Jethro Tall on that one, thinking the, the oh, cat is what a band. singing Aqualung and playing a flute. Cool. Yeah, one of my favorite bands, Jethro, cool cat, mm-hmm. and his buddy is uh, Juliet, and Juliet is up close and personal with the camera. There has a really, really cute picture. She's about a year old, has short, shiny fur, uh, bright eyes, very charming, ready to find a family who just adores her. Interesting pattern on the very front of her face there. It looks like she stuck her nose in a cup of coffee. Uh, <laughs> Jim, say the, the I, cat's name again. I, I missed it. Juliet. Juliet. Oh, Juliet. yeah. Yeah, I just love her soft eyes. She yeah. just is, looks so, so charming in that picture, and she really is. Yeah, oh, she's sure. A, and she's a coffee drinker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lose with a cat like that. Yeah, and kudos to the photographer. We're yes. looking, folks, at uh, the pictures at capitalhumanesociety.org, and uh, this is uh, Juliet. I think she's looking for Romeo. Romeo, oh, where right. art thou? <laughs> That's right. Jethro and Juliet, and? Next up is Mona, and she's about a year old, a beautiful tabby cat, hoping that you'll be in soon to meet her and choose her. Uh, she's just kind of laying there, very alert. She's very engaging and will be a fine friend. Isn't that a song? Mona, yeah. Mama, Mama, Mona. <laughs> There's a song by 
Quicksilver Messenger Service. Oh, is there really? Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Jethro, Juliet, and Mona. Three great cats. And you can go out today and tomorrow and see them. Please visit us at our Pylock Pet Adoption Center. We are open on Saturday and Sunday from 11 to 530. Next up is dogs for adoption. We got some cool dogs. We definitely do. We'll start with Buddy, a very handsome border collie mix, about seven years old, very sweet. <laughs> border collies Isn't are cool. A, yes, very smart. He wants to be devoted to a family, uh-huh. so he's just looking for people who will really, really uh, appreciate his companionship because he will be a great friend. I understand they're a very active dog, uh, need, need lots of stuff to do and keep them occupied. And, uh, and they're lot, just, lot yeah. Of, yeah. Yep, and they're just so smart. They catch on to commands and tricks really fast. Uh-huh. So it's, it's just really fun to have them as a companion animal. And, and they can actually herd cats. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, Jim, Jim and, and Charlene, I've got to pull an audible here. We've got to talk about Crash. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jim, look at Crash's picture. <laughs> That's a look of Crash surprise has- if I ever saw one. <laughs> What? Crash is one of our dogs available by appointment. He's a one-year-old rat terrier, a really, really energetic dog, also very intelligent, looking for a home without children and must meet other dogs to make sure it's going to work out. And to meet Crash, you would call our animal behaviorist, and her phone number is listed there, and we would schedule an appointment to meet Crash and go over all of his needs. Crash? Did you do, do you know anything about this crash turns looks at the photographer? The ears are all the way up. The eyes are wide open saying, what? Me? No, no. I found those paper towels on the floor just like that. I didn't touch those. Oh, what a great picture. Okay. So thank you for that bit of humor there. That's a, uh, take a look at Crash's picture. You're going to have a fun, fun chuckle too. Buddy, Crash. Let's do another one. Duke. And Duke is a very handsome lab, two years old, a black lab, very, very smart, knows a lot of commands and can learn a lot more with proper training. Um, He is looking for a family that has plenty of time to provide him with ample exercise and training and proper care. And again, he'll be a very entertaining friend. Okay, Sam, join me here. Okay. Duke, Duke. Duke, Duke, Duke of Earl, 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 Duke <laughs> of Earl. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm assuming this is a song. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, Duke. You want to do another one? Because I threw in that audible. Oh, sure. Yeah, we can do Scooter. So if somebody's looking for a smaller dog, you might consider Sweet Little Scooter. Sure. Uh, a little Pekingese mix. Two years old, a spade female, pretty shy at first, uh, but once she knows she can trust you, she'll just curl up on your lap and be just wanting to snuggle and and have fun with you. So consider Scooter if you like little dogs. She's only six pounds. Yeah, that's been one off and on one of my nicknames I've had because you can't do a lot with Scott. You know, you you can do Scotty, you can't do Sco. I mean, Scuh. <laughs> So I've been oftentimes, besides being called 
you blankety blank blank. <laughs> I've been referred to as Scooter, so that's a great dog to to end with here. A great list, buddy, Crash, <laughs> Duke, and Scooter. And here's Charlene with hours open today and tomorrow. Our Pylock Pet Adoption Center is open today and tomorrow from eleven to five thirty. Okay, Charlene, thanks very much. And uh, why should people support the mission of exploring unexplained phenomena? Why should people support nonprofit, non-commercial KZUM radio? Oh, you do really important work, and we need to show our appreciation as a community and provide the support so you can continue to do this work. It's so important, isn't it? Yes. Okay, Charlene, uh, you're free for the rest of the morning. I hope you have a glorious day. I hope yours is glorious as well. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Charlene and friends at the Capital Humane Society, make them the first place you go when you want to adopt a dog or a cat. And uh, we're looking for our second donation. We have uh, one here from Sensitive New Age Guy. And so we'd like to have somebody join this individual. Maybe a sensitive New Age gal. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be good. Sensitive New Age family. Anyone. Anyone can call. You could be old age. I'm more and more resembling that. If you're a minor, make sure you get your parents' permission. So call us at 402-474-5086, and we're looking for three callers between now and eight minutes from now. So please do call in, 402-474-5086. Hey, here's our friend Paula Harris, and Paula is someplace on the road. Hi, Paula. Yeah, hi, Scott. Yeah, I'm on the road. I'm looking, overlooking. I stopped the car so because it would be dangerous. I'm overlooking Colorado Springs Pike Peak, Pike's Peak right now. I'm in a field somewhere in front of Pike's Peak. So I'm doing this because oh, awesome. I really, really want to support you and the station, and I hope people call in within the next three minutes. Hey, Paula, you're going to be very shortly seeing a gentleman who is not only distinguished, but he's got important words to say to the entire word world and his name is Paul Hellier. Yeah, I'm I'm going to be speaking in Canada at the Alien Con. It's the first time ever and my mother's from Canada, so that's you know, I'm in, I'm really honored. Oh, God but bless her. He wrote he wrote to the uh to the organizers cuz he's going to be a speaker and he said could Paula stay at my house for 3 days. So I'm going to be talking to him over the dinner dinner table, and uh, yes, uh, we're good friends, and uh, Scott, that's because I did the interviews uh, with him in 2006. They're on YouTube. I flew from Italy, and people like the former defense minister uh, really do a lot to make the subject matter uh, legit. In other words, his famous words were UFOs are as real as the airplanes over our heads. Yeah, this is a former defense minister for Canada, Paul Hellier, uh, who is outspoken in his belief that UFOs are as real as the airplanes that fly over our heads. And Paula, you're, uh, you're the journalist that helped basically introduce Paul Hellier to us. Thank you so much for that. Oh, you're welcome. What I figured was it was so important, you know, because this is a 
this is the defense minister under Pierre Trudeau. It's like McNamara under Kennedy. It was the same time period. Uh, and this is not just somebody off the street. This is somebody who checked. This is somebody who called the military, uh, who called. And, and what stimulated Paul Hallier, as you know, is reading Colonel Corso's book, The Day After Roswell. So he wanted to know if it was all true. And he said, if this is true, this has serious implications for the planet. So when he got involved, he was, he like Dr. Edgar Mitchell, the astronaut, and uh, all the other military people that are serious, were able to take this subject matter out of the fringe, you know, because everybody considers it fringe, and make it serious national security issue, uh, which is, it should be. I mean, we're, um, I mean, they're not a threat or anything, but but Scott, for God's sakes, we have uh, craft flying in our airspace, and uh, it should they should look at it seriously. Yes, um, and you've got a conference coming up, Paula, that uh, during our conversation we want to be sure and talk about. Uh, it's a conference in November called the Starworks USA UFO Symposium. And it's designed to help change the paradigm. Uh, I'm committed, Paula, as I said at the onset, uh, our program in about three weeks, we celebrate 35 years of being on the radio, uh, 35 years of broadcast. And once I started looking into the subject of the UFO phenomenon, um, I got curious. I remain curious. And it's something that, that affects us whether people want to admit it or not. And how I appreciate you, Paula, and I hope that the audience shares this appreciation, is that you're not content to sit behind a computer monitor and read other people's words. You actually travel, you go, you interview people. That's part of your mission. Um, and so in the old school way, you're a journalist in that old tradition of boots on the ground, getting direct interviews from people, and helping break new ground. One of the folks, one of the, the things that we broke on this show was because of Paula, the Charles Hall story. Now, you can go to our archive website. We've got six recordings there, six shows that are archived. The story is phenomenal about a weather observer in the 1960s having almost every other day face-to-face -face contact with a race of beings that he calls the tall whites, and it's because of Paula Harris that we made that connection. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that, because he was the weather observer for the Air Force. He's a military man who then went to Vietnam and then went to work at Kirkland Air Force Base as a contractor. So this is not somebody off the street, and this is not just somebody who says they see UFOs. This is a military man. And in 1965, he had interaction, and why I love the story is because the interaction he had was with the teacher, and they, she brought the kids. There were children. There were E.T. children. There were alien children. And so I was very fascinated with the fact that some of these cosmic cultures have families. They have families. They're not little gray aliens like we have in the cartoon style of everything. Uh, you know, they, they, they were people that were stopping by this planet as a way station, and they had families. So... This is a, coming from a military man, a man in the Air Force, and I was happy to share that story with you, uh, Scott, and other stories you've done, you know, like the 1945 crash and 
uh, you're the one of the only ones that has the voice of Remy Baca uh, because he's passed on now and Jose Padilla together. Yeah, the 1945 crash uh, outside of um, Las Vegas. Socorro. Socorro. Yeah, outside of Socorro. The Remy Baca and Jose Padilla, uh, two kids that witnessed a craft that crashed and the recovery efforts. Uh, This is so important to be able to hear directly from these witnesses what they saw, what they experienced, uh, because it's another step closer towards us actually being there, observing the thing ourselves. And Paula, again, thank you so much. You've got a conference coming up in November. Let me take the bottom of the hour break, Paula, and we'll come back and and talk about the Starworks conference, okay? Are you at a point where you can continue for a little bit here? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I'm here in the middle of a field. (laughs) 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 Oh, that's a a great place to be. Okay, Paula, you stay right there. And uh, Jim Shorney, Sam, and myself, we're here in the studio. Mm -hmm. Uh, You guys and gals are out there. We'd love to have you call us at 402-474-5086. We need to have those... uh, Three other people, call in at 402-474-5086. Uh, $89.30 is the frequency. That's a popular level. $120 is either one chunk or $10 a month. We can do that. The basic level is $60. We'd sure appreciate to hear from you. Um, three people at 402-474-5086. The top 10 reasons why someone won't donate to KZUM. Reason number 10, someone else will do it. Think about that, and we'll be right back here, huh? Voice of the Blues in Lincoln, Nebraska, KZUM Lincoln and KZUM HD. Special thanks to KZUM Fun Drive sponsor, Butterfly Bakery, celebrating 10 years of freshly made pastries, cookies, cakes, and more. More info at butterflybakeryne.com. When it comes to localism, KZUM is a leader in public broadcasting with over 120 hours of locally produced programming every week. From more local music than any other Nebraska station to hours of original cultural programming that gives you a window into the world, your financial support this week sustains the only kind of radio that makes these things and more possible. Make your one-time or monthly gift now at kzum.org or by calling 402-474-5086, extension 1. Music from Enigma. They're the official music of the program here, and please uh, support that band when you see Dave and Caroline out in southeast Nebraska. Lots of fun. Uh, with me here is Sam in the studio. You just took a phone call from Lisa. Yes, I did. She uh, claimed that Gomez Art Supply $20 gift card. Awesome. Yay, Good Lisa. Deal. Good job, Got a Lisa. T-shirt. Uh, Lisa was so kind. She, uh, she gave me a comment I don't have in front of me on a Facebook post, and she said that she just 
uh, loves the program. And so, Lisa, we love you. Thank you so much for your enthusiasm. Yeah, I, I saw that comment. That was nice. For sharing your appreciation uh, so that others can also be motivated from their hearts and soul. We sure appreciate that. So we've gotten um, several uh, callers. Now we need to have a couple more here at 402-474-5086. Uh, that top 10 reason why somebody else won't donate, someone else will do it. Well, we know that won't work. Yeah, how does that work out when you're paying your bills? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the top 10 reason, reason number nine, I don't have time. It's inconvenient. Well, you're listening right now, so you've got the time. <laughs> That's right. And we can take your phone call. We can turn you right around in about three minutes. And if you miss any of the show, you can catch it on the podcast. Yeah, during the break right now is a perfect Absolutely, time to call in, 402-474-5086. Let's keep Sam busy. And we've got a goal of $40,000. And what's so important, folks, I was going to say this for the second hour, but we'll talk about it now. The nitty-gritty is the Corporation for Public Broadcasting dangles this chunk of grant money in front of us and says, but you've got to prove that you're viable. You've got to prove that, that your community loves you. You've got to raise $300,000 from your local community to get this grant money. And so our fiscal year ends here in a couple of weeks at the end of September. It's so important. Every dollar that you can send us goes towards meeting that big, big goal. And folks, we can do it if you can do it. 402-474-5086. Okay, let's go back and talk again with Paula. Paula is in a field someplace in Colorado. <laughs> which, which is a great place to be, actually. Um, yeah, well, I'm in Colorado Springs, for people who want to know. But uh, what's here in Colorado yeah. Springs is I've, NORAD. You know that, right? I've, uh, I've been to that NORAD, area a couple of times. NORAD, NORAD Mountain, the one that controls all space. Oh, yeah. All space vehicles. Everything I, that comes out and looking right at it. <laughs> The, the amount of antennas and metal things sticking out of Cheyenne Mountain is just incredible. Yeah. Oh, so, Paula... Well, that's, that's what I'm looking at right yeah. now. You are a, um, a wonderfully intelligent, curious, beautiful woman who is an investigative journalist. What first piqued your interest in this UFO stuff? What, what took hold of your curiosity and imagination? What happened? Well, it was a movie. I mean, something as banal as a movie. Uh, in 1979, I saw Close Encounters mm-hmm. of the Third Kind. Oh, and, uh, you know, that that did it to me. I mean, I was watching the whole thing. It was very well done. <laughs> the very end, you know, Francois Truffaut, the place of Jacques Vallée, had that interaction with the beings where he smiled at them, and they smiled back at him. Well, I never did I ever imagine I'd meet Jacques Vallée. And in this past year, I have met him, and he is phenomenal, phenomenal man. Uh, and uh, at that time, the film just touched something in my heart, and mm-hmm. I was teaching science fiction, so I ended up with Dr. J. Allen Hynek, who has a cameo in that film, and <laughs> worked with him for six years. So, you know, I knew it was real when I'm working with an astronomer. Yeah, you you were able to spend time with Dr. J. Allen Hynek, um, who is if you will, the grandfather of ufology as we know it. He was the former Project Blue Book uh, 
scientist, investigator, and early on debunker who morally, ethically, spiritually, he looked at the information and said, there's something going on here. And he went from being debunker to uh, openly calling on the rest of the scientific community to look at this phenomena. There is a mystery afoot, and we should be curious. And you followed in his footsteps, Paula. You attended and were invited to speak at conferences around the world, and you began to notice that there was a preponderance of men, and it seemed like the same old faces at a lot of these events, and some of the presentations seem to be fear-based. Um, I'm, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but I'm trying to articulate... No, no, you're right. No, I'm trying you're to, right. I'm trying to articulate why it was that you had this vision to create this new paradigm, the Starworks USA UFO Symposium, because you saw something that, that kind of rubbed you the wrong way. Yeah, I saw it become commercialized. I saw the little gray alien statues and T-shirts and tinfoil hats all over the place and realized nobody would take us seriously. And you don't see that. You've been to my conference uh, mm -hmm. now for many years, uh, and you don't see any of that stuff. Uh, the conference in Laughlin, which is November 1st through 3rd, it has incredible speakers from all over the world, and it's one of the only conferences where nobody leaves the room. So the vendors aren't selling gadgets. I mean, they go... Okay, well, in other conferences, you know, it's like Disneyland. Everybody's in the vendor room buying their little blow-up aliens and everything. But this <laughs> conference is different. This this conference, the information is so exciting and so new. And these people have incredible stories like Nick Pope, who will talk about the ESP program or the, uh, uh, the remote viewing in England. I didn't know England. The, the government in England had a remote viewing program. And then we have Uri Geller Skyping in from Israel, uh, telling everybody that they can use their mind over matter. You know, he bends spoons, starts watches, and does all kinds of amazing things with his powers. But he was also, he was also um, studied at Stanford Research Institute by Hal Putoff and Russ Targ. And Russ Targ will be there. Russ Targ and his Old age has decided he's gracing us with his presence for almost two hours on the stage on Saturday and wants to do a, like testing of EFP with the audience. Oh, You're going to cool. have fun with that, Scott. Yeah, because he's got, he talked to me yesterday. I did a Zoom conference with him yesterday, and he says, you know, the audience is all, uh, you know, ready to do uh, these tests that show how their ESP is, is, uh, is valuable, and everybody has this sixth sense. So, You'll take part in that testing that he's going to do, which is really very, very important. He's the one that tested Uri Geller. So we have Angela Thompson-Smith, who also uh, does remote viewing classes uh, using your ESP uh, and all that. And so it gets it's wonderful group of people, males and females, a lot of females, so males and females on this subject, uh, which is extrasensory perception and the rule... The, uh, the role of UFOs because the communication between the extraterrestrials and humans is done telepathically. Mm -hmm. This is all about consciousness. So guys and gals, um, if you have been interested in the subject matter and you feel like it's time for you to go beyond the nuts and bolts, thinking about the propulsion system, 
to that next step of who they are, why they're here, our relationship to them. Do they share the same belief in a creator? What is their spirituality like? How can we relate, communicate, dialogue with them? If you're ready for those big questions, this is a great conference. Uh, Paula, what's the website? www.starworksusa.com, and they can register there uh, as fast as they can for the full package because we have to cut off the dinners the middle of October. So it's going to be a, a great event. Um, I'm going to fly out there. I fly into Las Vegas, and then I grab a lease car and ride down with friends down to Laughlin, and then we're going to ride back up on Monday and, and fly back into our various cities here. So you'll have people that uh, drive in, that fly in. Laughlin uh, is kind of fun to research because there was a guy from Minnesota that saw this vision and bought the southern tip of Nevada and created what we now know as Laughlin. He wanted to have a family-friendly version of Las Vegas. So you've got the casinos, you've got the resorts, and Paula, that beautiful Colorado River. Wow. Yeah, and palm trees in the middle of winter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always amazed. You know, I, I leave Lincoln usually with a, a down vest or a sweater on, and I get to Las Vegas, and then I shed, and I get down to Laughlin, and I shed more, and then I put clothes back on when I come back to Lincoln. So... Yeah, I know it's beautiful, and I, I recommend that it's affordable. So if people want to sign up, tell them to do it right away, www.starworksusa.com. Paula, in, in your quiet moments when you are reflective about this subject, you know because of your own personal experience that these other people, these intelligent beings are real, don't you? Oh, yeah. I'm that a bit of logical. Like Carl Sagan says in the movie Contact, if we were the only ones in the cosmos, it would be a tremendous waste of space. <laughs> so, yes, of course. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's lo there's logic there, uh, you know. Uh, it's just that, that we're still in a primitive stage where we're fighting wars and fighting among ourselves, and we aren't able to go into the Star Trek space idea that we that Gene Roddenberry had. But these people have, have surpassed that. They're evolved. Their consciousness is different, so they can get here. They can fly. They can go uh, among the stars. Uh, we can't do that yet, but they can. Uh, Gwen Farrell is our friend and colleague, and she's doing two morning sessions first thing in the morning during the conference for people that have had close encounter experiences people that have had contact and so when I can I try to make at least one of those because for me it's a, a privilege to be in this small room with these people uh, that feel like um, well, I just say the whole conference, black brothers and sisters. When you go to the Starworks event, it feels like you're part of a family, doesn't it? Yeah, because they're all like-minded people. 
they're all curious. Uh, it's like uh, getting together once a year, a group that really have a lot to contribute to each other. And, and Scott, we really look forward to having you there every year. So uh, I'm sure you've made a lot of friends, but it's so nice to oh, have yes. someone of your caliber there. So I thank you for supporting us and for being there for everybody. Uh, Dale and I, a friend of mine, we were in Chicago in 2014, and we were um, having a bite to eat. We looked across this room, and there was a guy seated there that looked like he was probably part of the conference. So the gregarious guy that I am, I walked over and introduced myself, and he said, you want to come over and sit with Dale and I, and we can all talk and share some food together. Paula, that was James Rigney, our friend from Australia. And you bet I've met yeah. some, some cool people. Uh, I'm very, very fortunate to go out there to the Starworks event uh, this year, November 1st through the 3rd, in Laughlin, Nevada. And uh, as I told a friend of mine, just think about it. Dream about it. If you feel like you should be there, then yeah, you should be there, folks. There's, there's a reason why you should. So, Paula, thank you so much for all that you do. Um, let me ask you why you think that our radio show, our radio station, why is this important? Well, it's very important. You're very, very, um, it's family style. I don't know what to say. It's, it's, a, it's like having a family with you. Uh, your style is laid back. Your style is, is very clear. It's very, uh, you have uh, enough different kinds of subject matter. And, uh, and, and all your staff is amazing. Uh, your staff is amazing. But what people need to understand is this doesn't come for free and that, that they need to support this. Anything that is valuable to you, anything that enriches your life, anything like that needs to be supported. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping uh, that you will be successful. I personally want to donate something to the cause and because uh, we have to be the first ones. Uh, and I'm hoping that um, that you'll reach your goal. Uh, anything worthwhile needs to be supported. Yes, my friend. Uh, Paul, I'm going to see you then in Laughlin, Nevada. Uh, and when you see uh, Mr. Hellier in Canada, please give him our very best and tell him um, it would have been easy for him to be quiet about this. Tell him thank you for speaking out. I definitely will. I look forward to seeing you soon, and I definitely will relay the message. Okay, Paula. Um, so do you want to do anything right now, or should we just get a hold of you later here? No, I want to do it, but I, I don't know how. So should I call back? How do I do it? We'll put you on hold. You, and you then, can call yeah. into the, the number, and I'll uh, help you out on the... Okay, the number that you just gave, will you give it again to everybody? You bet. It's 402-474-5086, extension 1. And I'll help you out with that application. Uh, okay, well, I'll get back in my car, and I'll <laughs> get my credit card, and I will definitely do it. Uh, we love you, Paula, and safe journeys. All the best. All right, thank you. That was Paula Harris from a field outside of Colorado Springs. She's uh, going to be up at a conference shortly in Toronto 
with the former defense minister, Paul Hellier, uh, and the famous quote from Mr. Hellier is that UFOs are as real as the airplanes that fly over your heads. Um, Paula also introduced back in the 1990s the former chief demonologist for the Vatican, uh, Monsignor Corraldo Balducci. And uh, Dr. Balducci was very, very famous for saying that UFOs are real. The people that, that pilot these craft, <clears throat> inhabit these, are real. And they are neither angels nor devils. So thank you so much, Paula, for your great work at helping us all to become more aware of this fabric that we all call reality. Can, can I pipe in about um, something in regards to the ESB conversation? Yeah. Um, I was on the, I had to answer the phone, so I didn't get to catch the whole thing, but you're talking about ways to utilize um, improving ESP skills. There's actually a, for people who have smartphones, there's like there's an application called ESP Trainer, which I think was um, designed or at least uh, directed by uh, Russell Targ, who was responsible for a lot of the ESP like remote viewing. A speaker um, at the conference coming up. Yeah. yeah. So um, I've tried it. It's 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 literally um, there's just different levels of difficulty of intuitively deciding between two up like between two options of which is the correct answer. It's it's really intuitive. It's just like you have two circles, and you have to under, you have to intuitively understand which one is the correct one to choose. And it's it's supposed to like update over time. You become more capable of intuiting what the correct answer is, and it goes up to like eventually like six options. I don't know um, if if you have a smartphone and you want to sort of test your ESP skills. There is there's a very yeah. uh, thank you, Sam. Yeah. I appreciate. <laughs> I've that. been trying it. It's 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 interesting. It's it's kind of a if you if you want just a simple easy way to try to work on that sort of muscle, um, I, I recommend looking it up. So we've got um, uh, another way, Sam. That that I did this with my kids, uh, and this is something that you guys and gals can try today when you hang out with some friends or family. Um, one person is the sender. And you pick a number between 1 and 20, and you think about that number. And then your job is to try to send that to the other person. It may be the person across the room from you. It may be somebody that you're talking to on the phone oh, many, yeah. many miles away. Sure. And their job is to be the receiver. Mm -hmm. And uh, so my kids and I, I would drive them to school, and we'd be sitting out waiting for the school doors to open on a cold morning, and we would play this numbers game. And my kids got to be very, very good. And sometimes when we started this game, they would actually hear the number and telepathically tell me the number before I even thought oh. about the number and focused on it. And they would say, Dad, I already knew what you were going to say. Making, so Making your kids uh, powerful. <laughs> so... Um, Sam, uh, I'm not going to mention this person's name. Is this legitimate? Oh, I, I can't see from here. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that's per month? Yes. Wow. Yeah, we got, we got some generous, uh, passionate uh, donators calling in today. 
Okay, so we've got, um, we've raised uh, $694.60. We'd love to hear back from some more folks here. Uh, we've got uh, sensitive new age guy, Lisa Randy. Uh, Randy is a friend of mine. I won't say old friend. Um, yeah, he's saying he knew you. Oh, he's a, he's a great guy. Um, Randy was born and raised in Superior, Nebraska, and I always joke that uh, that makes him a superior person. <laughs> um, my, my grandparents and parents were from Superior, too, so Randy and I have been friends for a long time. Uh, Randy, all the best to you and Susie. Thank you so much for always being there for us, um, for supporting the program and encouraging others to do the same. So thanks, Randy. And then Richard, uh, this is, wow, this is a, a huge donation that you've made. Mm-hmm. And I hope we understood that correctly. Uh, but Richard uh, just donated $396. Oh, yeah. So, wow. Or as we say, wowie zowie. <laughs> Jeez, Richard, thank you. That just... Uh, uh, you just made my morning. That just blew me away. Thank you. Um, so, folks, uh, if you could sense the spirit uh, and the enthusiasm of all these folks that have called in, uh, please feel that in your hearts and minds. And also call us at 402-474-5086. We'd love to hear from you. And we need two more people before the top of the hour. So that means in about seven minutes, we've got to get two more phone calls. 402-474-5086. You can also do an online donation at kzum.org. We'd love to hear from you. Please do that now. The top 10 reasons why someone shouldn't donate or won't donate to KZUM Radio and to the EUP program. Reason number eight, I can't remember the number to call. We can keep reminding you. <laughs> 402-474-5086. Extension 1. We'd love to hear from you. My late mother, Gentry Colborn, she passed in 2014. And that's what mom said. She said, Scott, you do okay but you don't give out the phone number enough because people can't remember it. So give the phone number out a bunch. One more time, this is for mom. Four zero two four seven four five zero eight six. We'll be right back after this. Let's 
straight into disaster She's gonna eat you alive Fat chance you'll survive Yeah, thinking Someone ought to catch you Before you take this bomb Scott Colborn with Exploring Unexplained Phenomena And it's great to have you with us, folks We've got Sam in the studio uh, Sam, tell us again about the program that you do. Oh, um, so I co-host a show on Sunday nights from 10 p.m. to midnight called Other Music. Um, it's it's just a variety of different experimental music, like sort of just kind of outlier stuff that you don't typically get to hear on uh, radio programs, hence Other Music. Um, mm-hmm. It can vary between, I mean, like it can be jarring, like the kind of... Uh, directions it goes from being kind of an extreme like uh like through composed rock to like free improvised jazz to like uh music concrete music concrete kind of strange uh it's just a lot of a lot of things are covered if if you're into experiencing weird music uh i recommend checking us out (laughs) Sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah I, I, I heard a similar station one time on vacation when I was out, and it was a station uh, out of Boulder, and they did just exactly what Sam mm. talked about. Mm. They would have a classical piece of music followed by a metal, followed by alternative rock, followed by a folk song from the 60s, mm. and this whole eclectic mix, it, I found it very interesting. I spent a whole afternoon listening. Actually called them up and I think donated too, so... Okay, and then Jim, uh, you're here taking time here. out from your Saturday morning. Yeah. So Best thanks job again, I've friend. ever had that I don't get paid for. I appreciate you being here. It's a lot of fun. You. I get to talk to some really interesting people, including our next guest. Yes. We've got uh, uh, coming up here, Brent Rains. We'd like to thank everybody so far that has donated. Paula, thank you so much. And... Uh, so we are at 7.54.60, and we've Great. got time for um, two more minutes. We've got two, time for two more phone calls. We'd love to hear from you at 402-474-5086. Folks, this is Brent Rains. Brent is the editor and publisher of Alternate Perceptions Magazine. That's apmagazine.info. And Brent makes his home in the wonderful state of Tennessee. Hey, Brent, how are you? I'm doing great, uh, Scott. You've got it really going on there in your studio this morning up in Lincoln, Nebraska. <laughs> well, it's a pleasure uh, It's a pleasure to have you join us and also as a regular member of our Exploring Unexplained Phenomena team. Well, it's certainly a pleasure and an honor for me. And uh, congratulations, you're almost up to... Uh, October 10th here, 35 years of broadcasting. I don't know if anyone else has ever had such a long-running program on the paranormal. Yeah, I think we're, we're pretty much the longest. We're, we're ahead of everybody else in that respect, and uh, that's, that's really impressive. I remember when EUP first came on the air, and uh, there was literally nothing else like it at the time. Uh, that's, really, that's really impressive. And uh, wow, we're gonna certainly keep this going on. <laughs> yeah, well, we're gonna keep it going as long as they'll have us, and as as long as uh, we can walk through the door. 
Well, it uh, certainly, uh, you know, sounds like there's been a lot of uh, a lot of worldwide coverage on on your programs, and uh, a lot of people very interested in, in hearing more. Dale Graff, who's an aerospace engineer and uh, worked uh, out of Fort Meade, Maryland, uh, for he was the one who came up with the term Stargate, you know, the remote viewing uh-huh. program. And he lives. He lives in Pennsylvania and and uh, does workshops and seminars for people who are interested in in uh, learning about the process. So we had a nice conversation about him, his theories, and um, you know the different experiences people have had, he's had, and uh, we shared some of our own. So it was a a good interview, and that will be out on uh, October first. Of uh, you know, that's when each new issue comes comes becomes available of alternate perceptions at the first of each month. And in the current issue, we have uh, Reverend Michael Cotter. Uh, he's a minister, a Unitarian minister, but he's also uh, a UFO contact experiencer. And I, I recently met him in, back in August at the uh, Alien Expo over in uh, Knoxville, Tennessee. Really nice guy and very knowledgeable on, on, on the whole UFO thing and all many different uh, religions around the world. Uh, he's a very, uh, very interesting guest. And then I had a William... Buhlman, also in this current issue, uh, uh, he's an out-of-body experiencer, and he shares uh, with other people what the experience is like and how they may, you know, uh, experience it for themselves, and uh, he works at the Monroe Institute, so another very interesting guest. So, and plus we, you know, have a variety of different articles on UFOs and paranormal and such, so we try to keep our, our guests entertained as well. Okay, so Brent, if if you could pick a favorite guest or a favorite article of all time, and I know that's tough, uh, what do you think it would be? Ooh, 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 ooh. Ah. Uh, Great question. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's a good one. That's a, a difficult one to uh, respond to. Um, uh, hmm. I. I'm coming up, you know, I can think of a number of them that uh, come to mind, but it's hard to say, you know, pick one as the very top one, you know? Sure. And uh, we've covered so many over the years. Yeah, and I'm going somewhere with that because we're in the same position here. Someone will ask me or Scott, who was your favorite guest? Hmm. What was your favorite program? <laughs> well, there's so many of them. It's, it's hard to choose and... and one week I might say so and so, and the next next week I might say this guy, and well, you know, I, I guess yeah. I just bottom line is I have to say my favorite guest is the one you're hearing on this show right now, and it's going to be that way every week, and that's one reason why supporting radio like KZUM is so important. Yeah, well said, Jim. Well said. Um, Reason number six why somebody won't or can't support KZM Radio, I can't afford to make a donation. Now, we can make it very attractive for you. We can do it monthly. We can do a lump sum, and it's for a year membership. Mm-hmm. So we'd love to have you folks call us at 402-474-5086. We're budget-friendly. We've got Brent Rains on the phone here. And Brent normally joins us 
uh, every fourth Saturday of the month, and he's very gracious to come back and join us today and talk about his work and his passion. Uh, you and I talked before the show about our common interest in John Keel, and Brent, you've got a brand new book that just came out on John Keel. Congratulations. Well, thank you. Uh, of course, we, we've uh, talked yeah, at some length uh, uh, recently about about the contents of the book, and it's uh, getting a lot of great reviews. I, I recently found out uh, a few days after it was aired um, that uh, that there were two gentlemen who had done a, a whole show. Uh, practically. They talked about my book for over an hour, and uh, well, I tell you, my, my sales of the book on Amazon spiked at that point. <laughs> uh, they did a real good job. Uh, it's uh, it's it's you know, I think Keel, if he was around now and could come out with his ideas uh, and and theories, that he would have been found much more receptivity than he did back in the '60s and '70s. You know, mm-hmm. uh, when it was such a, a controversy back then, and, and a lot of people didn't didn't like it because the uh, their viewpoint, their perspective on the on the UFO phenomenon was. It just seems so radical, you know. They weren't used to talk about uh, electromagnetism and the and the involvement of uh, quantum physics and such, you know. Whereas now we're much 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 more used to these things and the the psychic elements as well. And, uh, Brent, uh, what's the the full title of the book? It's uh, John A. Keel, the Man, the Myth, and the Ongoing Mysteries. And I got to tell you, I didn't expect this, but I've had. Uh, five reviews on Amazon, and they've all been five-star. And, uh, you know, my first book, I think I got, you know, that's halfway on two reviews, uh, two or three-star reviews. So uh, being that it was about John Keel and knowing, you know, um, how so many people back in back in the day had a very difficult time with his mm-hmm. ideas and theories, I, I found it quite interesting that uh, a lot of people are... Um, really coming back, you know, to wanting to know more about uh, Keel's theories and his work. Mm-hmm. And uh, this next weekend, uh, uh, next Saturday, I'll be in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. I'll actually be the first speaker at the Mothman Festival. Um, and uh, that'll you know, be 11 o'clock in the morning, talk for an hour. And so uh, uh, this is going to be, uh, you know, quite interesting. You're expecting maybe up to 12,000 visitors in a little small river town and so i'm i'm looking forward to that i'll have a little booth set up with my my book there uh to sign if anybody wants to come by and talk sign get a book uh, i'll be by the mothman statue right uh, off main street this is brent rains r-a-y-n-e-s brent rains the website is a p magazine dot info and you'll see also the front cover there on the on the website of his new book on John Keel. Um, let me take this break here, Brent, and we'll come back. And I've got queued up now some of these um, uh, audio clips. And this first one uh, is says May third, two thousand thirteen. Our paranormal group had occasionally been hearing a voice that seemed to identify itself as. Enoch or Enoch. So we'll come back, Brent, and we'll talk about that, okay? Okay, sure thing. Brent Rains is our special guest during this segment. 
And Brent has, as I do, this really curious, wide-ranging interest in things. Uh, as Fortean researchers, we like to look at a number of what look to be separate aspects of unexplained phenomena, and oftentimes we'll see connections. It's almost like holding up your, your hand and looking at those five digits and then realizing that each of those digit tips, your fingers and your thumb, they all connect in your hand. And so this is the sort of this uh, multi-tootle uh, approach that we take, and Brent is wonderful for doing so. Um, we're raising money for KZUM today. We're going to come back with Brent here on these audio clips in just a moment. Our phone number is 402-474-5086. And Sam, you just took another uh, donation? Yes, I did. What's the first name of the person that called in? Got another Richard giving us some money. Another Richard. We'll take all the Richards out there. Please call us. <laughs> 402-474-5086. Uh, please keep those calls coming in between now and um, 22 minutes from now. We need three more callers. Please be one of those three, 402-474-5086. We'll be right back after this. The Voice of the Blues in Lincoln, Nebraska, KZUM Lincoln and KZUM HD. Support for KZUM comes from family-owned and operated Butheris Mason and Love Funeral Home at 40th and A Streets in Lincoln. Offering services that allow families to plan ahead according to personal wishes, chapel facilities to accommodate all faiths, and grief support materials for the family following a service. More information is available at 402-488-0934 and online at bmlfh.com. This program is made possible in part by a grant from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. KZUM is community. Brought to you by around 90 living, breathing people who live here just like you. And sustained by listeners who care about having something a little bit more authentic on their dial. A little more local. This kind of radio only survives by the grace of those who listen to it. We know most KZUM listeners like you are ones to take an active role in things they care about. We're asking you to do that today. Contribute now at 402-474-5086 or online at kzum.org. Yeah, phone number again is 402-474-5086. Scott Colborn here with Jim and with Sam and you guys and gals. Keep those phone calls coming in. You're doing great. Keep it going. 402-474-5086. Extension 1 for the Air Studio. Uh, Brent Reigns is with us. And Brent, do you want to set up this audio clip? Do you want to talk at all about this before we air it? Okay, well, um, you know, it's um, the voice... It's kind of low, uh, so they don't want to turn up their volume. But uh, what they'll hear after I'm, you know, I I had asked, uh, been trying, I think, for about three minutes on, on during this particular session to uh, find out um, whether it was Enoch or Enoch. Uh, we'd had some disagreement about that. And so I was doing this session. And, uh, and anyway, I asked if it's Enoch with an O, and, and uh, 
is that right? And then suddenly a male voice, uh, it'll be at second four on this audio, says Enoch with an O. And I repeated it, although that part isn't on this audio clip, but I repeated Enoch with an O. And I said, holy, and I don't need to say what I said next. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, was, I was shocked. Um, and you're using a bit of technology get, that's, that's referred to as a ghost box. Right. Mine is like a lot of people. It's a, uh, a radio shack, digital radio, that the, where the, uh, the scanner has been modified, where it goes on continuous scan, because they, the theory was that um, there would be enough white noise there for spirit voices to uh, manifest through that, that uh, white noise. Uh, whatever the explanation, it... Uh, it works, and, uh, you know, I've, uh, as, you know, we have time, play some of the John Keel audio, too, because yeah. uh, uh, I've never heard John Keel on a regular AM radio show, but when I'm doing the Spirit Box, uh, I've gotten quite a few of them. So well, anyway, that's, so that's the setup. What we're going to do then, Brent, is we're going to uh, play this clip uh, three times in a row here. Okay. Yeah, uh... I think I heard O. Is that right? O or I? Phoenix, uh, I think I heard O. Is that right? O or I? Phoenix, uh, I think I heard O. Is that right? O or I? Okay, what do you think there, Brent? Okay, well, I hope, because uh, I'm, I'm hearing it over the phone, uh, I I knew where it was. I couldn't really hear it, but hopefully on the radio it'll come out, uh, come out yeah, clearer could, to them. Uh, I could hear it there kind of like right right at the end almost. Mm -hmm. Our yeah. next clip uh, is going to be about John Keel. Uh, and it says a number of times Brent has gotten or received John Keel. This is recorded on May 16th, 2011, over the so-called ghost box. Do you want to say anything more about this? Uh, other than, uh, let's see, I believe that was just myself and my wife at the time it was recorded here at our home. Um, and, you know, initially I, I thought, well, you know, what's going on? Uh, could someone have a transmitter? Well, so then I got my own ghost box and continued with the experimentation and, uh, and Brett Oldham, who introduced us to this process, had a uh, spirit guide named Bishop who would come through and help him, you know, with his spirit guests. And so whenever I do the sessions, and just just about every one of them I've done, and I've done lots and lots of them, um, when I ask who's there to help, uh, most often Bishop will come through. Uh, so that's another personality we hear a lot from probably hundreds of times. Uh, well, let's do the same thing here, Brent. Let's, uh, we'll, we'll play this clip, um, and uh, we're listening for the name John Keel. We'll play it three times. Here we go. Okay, well, I heard it. Mm -hmm. It I did, it did sound like John Keel. <laughs> yeah. July 3rd, 2010, 
Brett Oldham during a ghost box session asks for John Keel to say his name. Listen at the very end of the audio for John Keel. So we'll do the same thing here with this clip, Brent. We'll play it three times. Here we go. Brent, comments? Uh, yeah, that was a very active night. That was actually the one-year anniversary of Keel's passing. And uh, we were at the home of Sandy Nichols, a, uh, a abductee, psychic individual himself up in Thompson Station, Tennessee, south of Nashville, about, I guess, 15 miles or so. And uh, so we were doing a session there, and I, I asked him, I said, you know, this is the one-year anniversary of Keel's passing. Uh, could we try, because we've gotten John Keel uh, twice on a previous investigation uh, at a place called Clifton. And so I said, let's, uh, you know, it's okay with you guys. Let's try to reach out to him. And they were more than happy to. And uh, that was the night that I became convinced, okay, you know, we got so many things that came through. Uh, this is this is something real here. i got to really study this further. Um, so we got a number of real thought-provoking anomalies, including we did a second session around midnight later. I think that one was around uh, 8 o'clock. And on the second one, um, I wrote some names and things down on index cards, and it seemed like we were getting one was MIB, and uh, that's what it seemed like we had gotten. And so we did that on on future sessions, and we we found that it actually worked. Uh, We could write something down on a paper and then ask him, what is it, you know? Interesting. Uh, well, this next, Brent, this next clip um, has got a kind of a personal content to it because I didn't know him well, but I knew of Dr. Berthold Schwartz. Uh, he was a psychiatrist that early on got very interested in the paranormal and uh, helped others to become interested as well. And so if my friend um, Dale is listening probably, I would guess, on the archive. Dale, I want you to listen to this because um, this is um, Dr. Berthold Schwartz coming through. Uh, Brent's post says, February 19th, 2012, received John Keel, Brent, Bert here. We'd been hearing from Bert, Dr. Berthold Schwartz, I believe soon after his passing, he was a friend and colleague in this field, a psychiatrist, parapsychologist, and a friend of John Keel, a famed New York journalist, author of the Mothman Prophecies. Keel passed in 2009, and Dr. Swartz passed in 2010. Um, Brent, do you want to add anything to this before we play this? Uh only that it was uh, that was done here at my house. Uh, again, me and my wife uh, doing the session. Maybe my daughter Chandra. I'd have to look up in our records to be sure. But uh, this was a homegrown ex- experience. Okay. Here. 
<laughs> well, this is, again, what we're listing for. I don't know if it's appropriate to, to try to, to ask you to, to hear this or just to, to play it, but what we're, what we're listing for is the phrase, John Keel, Brent, Bert here. As if Bert's trying to get the attention of Brent saying, John Keel's here and this is, this is Bert. So here we go, we'll play it three times. Because I knew what to listen for, that one for me was very clear. John yeah, Keel, Brent, Bird here. Yeah, that uh, that was clear to me too. And when I, you know, I was thinking, wow, I've got three different identities here, all in one brief little clip. Uh, John Keel, my name, and then and then Bert, who we'd been hearing um, soon after his passing in, in 2010. I began to uh, hear, you know, Bert or Dr. Swartz coming through the the audio. And that lasted for about a year, and then it just sort of pretty much petered out. We don't really, um, didn't hear that much from Dr. Swartz after that, because his wife passed Mm -hmm. uh, a little over a year later, too. Brent, we've got time for one more. Um, And which one do you want to pick up here? There's the one that Brent Oldham asked if John Keel could tell us, now that he's on the other side, what he knew about Bigfoot. Oh, okay. Uh, That would be good. Or we've got uh, the latest one that that you posted where somebody says clear. Yeah, um, that one might be interesting. Again, it's... uh, you know, some people might want to put on headphones or, or just listen to it, turn up the volume. But uh, let's do that. That one. was interesting. Yeah, because it, it was a it was quite a sentence. <laughs> Here we go. Go ahead. Uh, I'll play it one more time here. Brent, what was that? Well, I was just going to say, that was uh, you know February 25th, 2012. And um, what we do at the end of each session, we would tell the spirits it was time to clear and we were going to cease doing this activity. And uh, generally, they seemed to understand what we were talking about. But this one made a statement, uh, and this cannot clear. This is energy. And uh, I was like, hmm, that was, <laughs> that was interesting. It was uh, something different. You know, usually they're... Yeah, this is energy is what I heard there. I'll play yeah. one more time here. Okay, Brent, uh, we're running long here, so I've got to uh, thank you so much for being part of this special show today. Um, well, thank you, Scott. Uh, you know, it's always an honor, and I, I appreciate it. And uh, best of best of luck with the uh, the process today. 
You're going to be in Mount Pleasant, Virginia next weekend at the Big Mothman celebration, yeah, the Point festival. Pleasant. Excuse Point me, Pleasant. Point Pleasant. Thank you, Point Pleasant, Virginia. And uh, your mm-hmm. talk is going to be on John Keel. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's a, that's a place where John Keel should be mm-hmm. uh, quite popular. Mm-hmm. Okay, Brent, uh, I really appreciate your work and I, I've gotten to know you a little bit better now, and, and I want to thank you for being part of our, our regular format, appearing every fourth Saturday, and then when we're fortunate to have you as a main guest, uh, most recently talking about the brand-new book, John Keel, um, on John Keel, rather. Uh, Brent's website is apmagazine.info. Brent, have a wonder-filled weekend. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. You take care. Okay, we're going to come back with um, Preston Dennett, our next guest. And we want to thank uh, Julie and Richard, Paula, Richard, Randy, Lisa, and Sensitive New Age Guy. Uh, We've raised $924.60. I'm going to do some station announcements here. During this, we'd love to have you call in at 402-474-5086. And uh, Sam is here. Sam, thank you so much for being part of the show today. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a lot of fun to listen. We've got Preston Dennett coming up here with some great stories. Um, Make those phones ring again, folks. How about between now and four minutes from now, we get two more phone calls. 402-474-5086. Celebrate being curious. We know you are because you're listening right now. 402-474-5086. Make your donation now, please. Voice of the Blues in Lincoln, Nebraska, KZUM Lincoln and KZUM HD. Support for KZUM comes from family-owned and operated Butheris Mason and Love Funeral Home at 40th and A Streets in Lincoln, offering services that allow families to plan ahead according to personal wishes, chapel facilities to accommodate all faiths, and grief support materials for the family following a service. More information is available at 402-488-0934 and online at bmlfh.com. This program is made possible in part by a grant from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. KZUM is community. Brought to you by around 90 living, breathing people who live here just like you. And sustained by listeners who care about having something a little bit more authentic on their dial. A little more local. This kind of radio only survives by the grace of those who listen to it. We know most KZUM listeners like you are ones to take an active role in things they care about. We're asking you to do that today. Contribute now at 402-474-508 online at kzum.org. This Week in Lincoln is supported by the local venues with listings included here. 
Here is live music happening this week in Lincoln. On Saturday, September 14th, Lancaster Ghetto Blaster is at the Bourbon Theater performing at 9 p.m. Bodegas Alley plays host to Arkansas at 9 o'clock. And Tim Budig takes the stage at 10 p.m. at the Zoo Bar. On Sunday, September 15th, Tammy Hill and City Limits are at the Playmore's Country Night beginning at 8. And Zularius starts at 8 at the Zoo Bar. And that's live music happening this week in Lincoln. Special thanks to KZUM Fun Drive sponsor, Chef Au Chef, offering event catering, personal chef service, and wham-bam meal in a pan. More info at chefauchef.com. KZUM works every day to support our local economy through PSAs, community-oriented programs, and hours of local involvement. The station helps you make Lincoln a place we're all proud of. When you participate as a donor, it changes the way you listen. You're a part of what sustains KZUM. 75% of annual funding comes from individuals and local businesses right here in our community. You are what makes KZUM thrive in this growing city. We are here for you day in and day out on 89.3 FM and on KZUM.org. Please don't take that for granted. Help KZUM grow right alongside Lincoln by calling 402 474 5086 extension 1 or by donating online at kzum.org. Do what Carrie says. Call us at 402 474 5086. We'd love to hear from you. Top 10 reasons why somebody won't or can't donate to KZUM radio. Reason number six our taxes pay for public radio, don't they? Number five, yeah, rich people should support the station. Reason number four, radio is free, isn't it? And this is one that always got me because if it's non-commercial and non-profit, then how does the radio station raise funds to operate? Well, pay the bills. Yeah, and I think instantly our whole audience made that connection. It's through Lister donations, and that's truly, it's the bulk of our income. And who was it, Harlan Ellison or Robert Heinlein? One of those guys said, there's no such thing as a free lunch. So please call us um, right now. We'd love to hear from two more people at 402-474-5086. There is no free lunch, and please put your money where your ears have been. Absolutely. And speaking of ears, here's a really interesting guy This is Preston Dennett taking time from his Saturday morning to once again join us here on the show. And Preston, how are things going for you? They're going pretty good, yeah. Hey, what's the latest book that you've just released? Um, That would be Schoolyard UFO Encounters. And how's, how's that doing for you? Are you getting even more reports now? Oh, yeah, they're streaming in. I'm kind of sad in a way because I didn't get to include them in the book, but there might have to be a volume two. Volume two, yes. <laughs> well, I, I remember some kids from my schoolyard that seemed like aliens, but in retrospect, they weren't. <laughs> <laughs> and Preston, hey, you never know. You never know. That's right, Preston. The the book right before this one, um, I always want to call it UFO Healings, but what's the full title? Um, the Healing Power of UFOs. There we go. So 
two books, folks, that are very important. The Healing Power of UFOs runs in excess of 500 pages. And what Preston is helping all of us do is to make this jump to a new paradigm because in the 1980s, it was advanced that UFOs and quote-unquote aliens are out to get us, to abduct us, to dissect us, to uh, do all sorts of horrible experiments. And uh, when positive encounters were being reported, they were oftentimes shrugged off or privately acknowledged but never publicly announced by a lot of the people that were promoting this other viewpoint, one of uh, perhaps fear, if you will. And so Preston's book, The Healing Power of UFOs, is very important to document how people have interacted with the phenomena and what's taking place. Um, This newest book, uh, Schoolyard UFO Encounters, to me is particularly fascinating as I think it is, Preston, for you. You you stumbled upon this, and it triggered something in your mind. Uh, was it because that it appeared like the UFO phenomena had interest in school-age kids? What 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 sparked your curiosity? Yeah, you know, I heard about the Ruiz and Bobway case, and uh, you know. Became interested in this upcoming documentary, the aerial phenomena, and I remember that there was another case in uh, Australia. I thought, wow, you know, I wonder if this is a thing. And uh, you know, I've interviewed a lot of people who have UFO encounters, and I have to tell you, most of the people who have had extensive encounters had encounters as kids. Uh, I've rarely had the opportunity to interview children directly after an encounter, but I have had that opportunity as well. And I'm, you know, interviewing all these adults who had encountered as kids, my heart would go out to them because often their parents would not believe them. And uh, that caused, you know, some emotional difficulties for them for sure. Um, Because here they are going through something that's just mind-blowing and changing their lives, and they have no one to turn to. Uh, So I started to, you know, look into it. I've always... You know, love children, of course. I think uh, they're our most precious resource. And to and finding out about all these school encounters, just, I'm like, wow, I wonder if this is a thing. <laughs> and I started looking into it. And wow, you know, having researched UFOs for, gosh, over 30 years now, um, I thought I was kind of over being completely surprised or by what I was researching, but apparently not. This one took me by a complete surprise. I had no idea that this was so active and so regular and uh, just ongoing. Uh, right up to the, you know, this year, there are still schoolyard encounters going on. And so it's not like the, the, the UFO pilots or people in the craft are saying, oh, hey, look, there's a gathering of kids down there on a level surface. Let's get closer and see what they're up to. It's not like it's a chance thing. No, I don't think it is. Because um, in a lot of these cases, the objects show up during recess. Is that a coincidence? You know, maybe a few times. Uh, or when school is just beginning or just let out. 
Uh, so, yeah, it's clearly a planned event. Um, they come close enough just to really make it apparent that this is not a plane, but not so close that it, you know, sends, causes a panic. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think that there's, you know, some consideration there. Uh, but yeah, they're very interested, I think, in convincing children of their presence and doing it in sort of a way that's not going to disrupt society or upset adults. Very interesting to me how how they're doing this and what their agenda is here. Um, I don't think it's malicious or hostile in any way. Um, we don't see any of that in any of these encounters. Uh, they are universally positive. I'm, I'm going to say 99%. I mean, there are a few cases where some kids did freak out. Uh, I know there's a couple of kids where kids have fainted as a result um, of the shock of all of this. That typically happens with me on the first date with somebody. They, you know, I open the door and there they are and they look at me and they just keel right over. <laughs> no. But yeah, the kids are really excited when this happens. And uh, like the, the Jerome High School event, the teacher's like, wow, the kids were just incredibly excited. They, what did he say? They considered it a lark, mm -hmm. how he described it. But yeah, they were all jumping up and down and collecting all this angel hair-like substance. Uh, so it's clearly something that they're doing to intentionally sort of put on a display, publicize their presence. Uh, I just can't get away from that because the way these UFOs are behaving, coming so low over the schools. There was a French documentary that was either a mysterious world of Iceland or a mysterious invisible world of Iceland. Um, and it was really interesting because of all the paranormal things that, that the documentary covered. In part, one was an uh, elementary school where the filmmakers interview the teacher and also some of the class on what they saw. And uh, it's matter of fact, we talked about that they saw this, this UFO, the kids describe it and how they felt about it and how it made them curious and excited and... Uh, fill them with, with uh, what seems to be positive energy. So I like what you said about this being a very slow way to help people get up to speed without disrupting society. Um, and maybe that's the, the part that these visitors are playing. Um, just enough exposure that we're becoming aware but not enough that um, that suddenly the stock market plunges and banks close up and people start marching in the streets or something. Right. You know, there are lots of large gatherings of people out there, and uh, they've chosen schools for whatever reason. They're mm -hmm. not hovering over, you know, huge baseball games or concerts. or I mean, That does happen occasionally. You hear about this sort of thing, but not to the level that we're seeing with these schoolyard encounters. So I think, yeah, you're right. This is something that they're doing sort of in a gentle way. And approaching kids is really a great idea, I think, because kids are mm -hmm. not judgmental. Most of the kids in these schoolyard encounters haven't heard the term UFOs. Uh, they're too young. They're you know, elementary school age, 9, 10, 11 years old, and aren't really, you know, have any judgment about what ETs might even be. 
So I think it's a very clever way of announcing their presence in a way that causes almost no ripple in society. This is Preston Dennett, and Preston's a accountant and bookkeeper by day, and at night and on the weekends when he's got his own time, he is a UFO hunter and a sleuth of the paranormal. If you type in his name, Preston Dennett, D-E-N-N-E-T-T, I don't know how he does it, but this his name pops right up. Um, the full website is Preston Dennett. .weebly.com. And Preston, let me take a break here for station announcements. We'll come back and talk more, okay? You got it. Okay, top 10 reasons why somebody can't, shouldn't, or won't donate to KZM Radio. Reason number three, I pledged to this station a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And it really helped back then, too. And it's time to do it again. Yeah, sure. We've got... Um, it's like a subscription, kind of. We've got Julie, Richard, Paula, Richard, Randy, Lisa, and uh, Mr. Anonymous. We've raised nine twenty four sixty. dollars uh, Who will be the next phone caller that puts us over $1,000? We'd like to receive at least three more phone calls between now and 12 noon, including that one first call that puts us over... Mm-hmm. And roughly, I'm, I'm looking at um, that $89.30 level. Uh, we've had several people choose that. If we had a caller at $89.30, that would put us over 1000 bucks. Uh, this is for nonprofit, non-commercial KZM radio. The phone number is 402-474-5086. Once again, in memory of good old mom, who said you don't give the phone number out often enough, Scott. 402-474-5086 and extension 1. Operators are standing by. If Also, if you're shy on the phone, I believe you can also donate on the website if you're more tech-savvy and, and but you anti-social. Don't, you <laughs> don't like the get younger to talk to, to me or Sam if you do it that way. But I'm, you know, I'm, sure. I'm appealing to the people of my age. They're anti-social and more internet-savvy. Well, I'm, I'm kind of uh, appealing to... Uh, <laughs> Old farts and uh, lovely ladies. So the website is kzum.org. That phone number is 402-474-5086. And let's have three more people call and do it now. We'll be right back. Voice of the Blues in Lincoln, Nebraska, KZUM Lincoln and KZUM HD. This Week in Lincoln is supported by the local venues with listings included here. Here is live music happening this week in Lincoln. On Saturday, September 14th, Lancaster Ghetto Blaster is at the Bourbon Theater performing at 9 p.m. Bodega's Alley plays host to Arkansas at 9 o'clock, and Tim Budig takes the stage at 10 p.m. at the Zoo Bar. On Sunday, September 15th, Tammy Hill and City Limits are at the Playmore's Country Night beginning at 8, and Zoolarius starts at 8 at the Zoo Bar. And that's live music happening this week in Lincoln. You are the listener in listener-supported radio. 
As a local community radio station, KZUM is staffed on the air by nearly 90 volunteers who live and work in Lincoln just like you. Nearly 75% of the station's funding comes from listeners and businesses right here in your community. KZUM is your home on the air for more local music, information on local events, and news from area nonprofits. You'll hear more of all this and more on KZUM than any other station. But we need everyone's support to sustain local radio. Please don't leave it up to everyone else who listens. Make your contribution now at kzum.org or 402-474-5086, extension 1. Uh, the uh, Corporation for Public Broadcasting uh, mandated that KZUM Radio must raise $300,000 in listener donations by the end of September 2019 to continue to receive grant money from the corporation. So because of that, our fiscal year ends here in just a couple of weeks at the end of September. Your donation is so important right now. Somebody else is not going to do it for you. The gal across the street washing their car, she won't do it for you. Um, somebody that is well-intentioned but decides to not do it right now, they won't do it for you. So do take the spirit that we're trying to convey to you and respond in like kind um, from our hearts and souls to yours that it's so important to have you support our work on the Exploring Unexplained Phenomena broadcast and also this wonderful parent radio station, nonprofit, non-commercial KZUM. Thank you so much. Keep the calls coming in. It's 402-474-5086, and you really can help make a difference. Please call us. So, Preston, uh, in the time remaining, is there anything, uh, a new report, anything that, that, uh, that you want to share with us? Um, well, I'm always getting new reports. Uh, not too long ago, I interviewed these two gentlemen who had an experience in April 1981, some time ago. Mm-hmm. They're street vendors, and uh, we're setting up a spot up in Beach Street in San Francisco near Ghirardelli Square, something they've done for years. And uh, one of the guys, or their brothers, was looking down at the sidewalk, looking at the booth numbers to see which spot he could pick. He kept getting this weird thought in his head that said, don't look up, which I thought was strange. Because <laughs> <laughs> he didn't have any, you know, he had no reason to look up. And this thought kept coming to his head. And he's like, well, this is strange. So finally he does look up, and there's this weird looking kind of, in quotes, cloud. It was a perfect circle, except it looked like a cloud. It had little ruffles around the edges. And he's looking at it, and it's actually that white light coming from it. Suddenly, it starts coming down, lower and lower. He touches his brother's shoulder, who's standing next to him. Look at that. What is that? And they're like, oh, my gosh, that looks like a UFO. And at that point, the cloud sort of dissipates, and it is. It's this sort of football-shaped object, very solid-looking, bright lights on both ends. And uh, he immediately had the thought that they were going to be taken. At this point, this object stops cold, and uh, it's hovering there about 300 feet overhead, maybe 30 feet long, 15 feet wide. Uh, there's a lot of people there. Everybody, everybody should be seeing this. The object slowly moves off to the right. A second object appears, 
exactly identical to the first one. Now there's two objects, and they slowly move away and then dart off. And uh, they look around, and no one saw it. It was just those two. This object came down apparently just for them. And uh, they were just couldn't believe it. Everyone should have seen this thing. And one of the brothers tur turns to the other brother and says, you know, it's so weird. I kept getting this thought, you know, don't look up, don't look up. And his brother says, oh, that's really weird, because I kept getting this thought, check, your, check to see if your shoe is untied. Check to see if your shoe is untied, which it wasn't, <laughs> but it was just such a persistent thought and weirdly random. And I think it's not a coincidence. This is sort of the thing I've seen before, uh, telepathic contact. I think the UFO showed itself on purpose and was putting those thoughts in their head. Wow. <laughs> don't look up. It's like, don't think of an elephant. And <laughs> what does everybody do? They think of an elephant. That's a little yeah, bit they of... Yeah, reverse psychology in both, for both of these guys. <laughs> Jim, can you pick it up here? Uh, well, uh, Preston, I had a question that popped into my head a, a few minutes ago. Uh, we all know the, the stories, and some of us have even had invisible friends as children. Mm -hmm. Do you think some of those could be ETs? Yes, I absolutely do. Because uh, there's a number of cases that really kind of cross the line a little bit. And it uh, makes me wonder if some of these invisible friends are you know, perhaps spirits in some cases mm -hmm. or ETs or in ETs. some cases. And here we're, we're getting in again a little bit into the crossover between the different fields, ufology and uh, spirits and extracorporeal entities and and whatever. It, it's it's all linked together, isn't it? Yeah, it's usually not a problem. I can pretty much tell whether someone's having a ghost encounter or a UFO encounter, but mm -hmm. not always. Um, there was a case up in New York where these people were having. Doors opening and closing and lights going on and off and footsteps and UFOs hovering over their house. I'm like, well, gosh, this is coming all at the same time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And with, with you know, invisible playmates, it's the same sort of thing. You have to really be careful. Uh, there's a, I know there's a schoolyard encounter case where one of the children um, was at school. This is an elementary school. And she kept seeing this child at school who was coming to talk to her and play with her, and she said, gosh, he looks strange. Normally he would look like a normal child, but every now and then she'd see that he had a bald, large head and huge dark eyes, and some sort of screen memory perhaps, mm. or disguise, but she now thinks it was in fact a gray ET, not an invisible playmate, uh, but it was very confusing to her because no one else seemed to see him as she's you know, sitting down talking next to this, quote, kid. And uh, she's absolutely convinced it was an ET now because she remembers some of these conversations involved this child uh, explaining sort of complex mathematical subjects to her. That's pretty cool. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, yeah, I think that that does happen. And uh, ETs are able to approach children because children, you know, they don't care whether you're black, white, gray. Mm -hmm. They don't care. Sure. So it's a wonderful opportunity for them to really sort of get their message across. And, and that's then uh, triggers 
my question, uh, uh, Preston, for the parents listening that have children, when they report something to their parents that may be um, paranormal, that may be uh, uh, unexplained, weird, unusual, what's the appropriate response from the parents? Yeah, to listen. You know, don't make any judgments. Mm-hmm. Um, don't say, you know, you're lying. <laughs> um, and at the same you know, token, don't necessarily believe them because children do have the tendency to lie sometimes or to get get attention. But to just listen with an open ear, I mm-hmm. think it's pretty easy to tell when your child is lying. Uh, and if you just listen without judgment, uh, I think that will give them the support they need. And it, because if you show, you know, overt skepticism, they're going to clam up. They're not going to tell you what's happening to them. And you don't want that. Cause that just builds walls and uh, sort of makes it much more difficult for the child to deal with. So I would just say, listen, you know, whether you believe in this subject or not, if, if your child is having an experience, uh, it's important to them, whether it's imaginary or not. And you can kind of tell uh, what I would recommend is to look to see if you know the kids are emotional about it. You know, did it impress them? Were they scared? Were they excited? Because emotions often sort of indicate uh, real phenomena. Out of the mouth of babes. I had gone in years ago to awaken my daughter. She was still in her crib. She was starting to be able to uh, articulate and talk and to uh, kind of start our morning. So I walked in, and, and she was standing in her crib holding onto the rails, and uh, she said, Daddy, do you remember when you were little and I was big? Wow. Interesting, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a past life thing. I hear that periodically as well. Kids are much more open to past life memories. And uh, I think it's probably a lot more common than people realize. You can often see it in their sort of, in their playtime, when they are playing in, in different roles. And they'll say things that are incredibly mature, which is a really good sign that they're tapping into that. Preston, thank you so much for being a member of the, the team here at Exploring Unexplained Phenomena. Um, Preston folks comes up every first Saturday for his opening segment. And then as we like to say, when we're lucky enough to get him back for a full main guest segment, most recently we talked about, uh, schoolyard UFO encounters, a fabulous book. Um, Preston, thank you so much for all your good work and for being a listener to all the people out there that have had extraordinary experiences and are so, uh, delighted and elated to have found you to relate their experiences to. Uh, In your own words, Preston, why is it important for our listeners right now to, in turn, support this radio show and KZUM radio? Why should they consider a donation? (laughs) Oh, I think it's really important. You guys have been around forever. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've had people contact me and say, oh, I heard you on... You know, KZUM, I'm exploring unexplained phenomena. Mm-hmm. Um, that happens fairly regularly. Um, so your show is popular and uh, really important.
which it's been a great avenue for me. Uh, so I really can't thank you enough for that. And uh, yeah, I think these subjects are really popular, and your show in particular uh, is really important and has lasted so long for a good reason, uh, because I think it is important, and it's getting this the word out about these subjects, uh, which are going to change our lives and are improving our lives and enriching our lives. And uh, yeah, I know everyone's struggling to make a living, but someone can spare just a few dollars. It does make a difference. And uh, I really appreciate uh, everyone who's supported me, absolutely, including you guys. And uh, anything that anyone can do to support this subject, I think it's going to make a big difference. Um, That's true. That's very kind of you, Preston, to offer the, the appreciation and, and to share that with us. Thank you so much. Um, hey, my pleasure. I love talking to you guys. You guys are my favorite people, well, really. You're one of our favorites, too. Right back at you, sir. Mm-hmm. One of Agreed. these Novembers, I want to get you down to that, uh, that Laughlin conference in Laughlin, Nevada, because I really think, Preston, having talked with you now, that you would walk into that conference and you would go, huh, family, okay. I think you'd fit right in. So, um, Preston, thanks again, and have a great rest of the weekend, okay? I sure will. Thanks, guys. Preston Dennett, when he's not doing bookkeeping and accounting, he is a forensic sleuth. He looks at the UFO phenomena and related stuff, and he's an open ear for people that have reports. You can see and read more about him at Preston Dennett dot weebly dot com and jim what are we at for a total there we are at and before i give the number i'm going to say that's one of the things i love about this show is we get to talk to people like preston yeah every single weekend yeah and we're supported by all of our listeners including the ones who have given a total of 974 dollars and 60 cents so far just heard from kurt thank you kurt very much And, so, and you can still call in if you haven't already. Yeah, we need to break 1,000. Yeah, we need to break 1,000. We've got uh, two minutes left. Make, make the phones ring. How about two more phone calls? And Sam's been doing a great job of answering the phone for us. 402-474-5086, extension 1, or online at kzum.org. Either way is going to work. How about... Uh, how about me pushing the special button that I've reserved until just now so that it awakens in all of you that realization that, that we are worthy of your support? Here I go. Ready? Okay, I just pressed it. Can you all feel it now in your hearts and souls? Ouch. So return the love. We love you. Send it back to us. Support KZUM. Support 35 years of exploring unexplained phenomena. Thanks very much today to our special guests, Charlene with the Capital Humane Society, um, the one and only Paula Harris. Paula's website is Paula Harris, P A O L A, PaulaHarris.com, and StarWorksUSA.com. Brent Rains, the editor and publisher of. Alternate Perceptions Magazine, apmagazine.info, and our friend Preston Dennett, one of our favorites. 
PrestonDennett.Weebly.com. I'm Scott Colborn, and Sam, thanks very much for being here. Yeah, thanks for letting me on. It's been a really interesting discussion. Well, you're a part of the EUP family now, so you're welcome anytime. <laughs> and you're welcome to some cupcakes out there, too. Yeah, yes, have some cupcakes. Jim, thank you for all you do. Great fun, Scott. Okay, and guys and gals, thank you so much for all that you do. Call on those donations at 402-474-5086. Until next week, walk in beauty.